Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Radio 92.7FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. If you missed any of the first three hours of the show, what the hell are you doing with your life? Just kidding. I can catch up with the latest WFNZ.com. Full hours, bits, interviews, and whatnot. We got a lot to get into in this hour. Uh, the Mark Spain Real Estate Nick pick. What you burning on? Right now, though, guys, you can go to at Nick Wilson says on Instagram and or at Nick Wilson says on Twitter and answer the five burning questions that we have for today. Our next guest will answer them at the end of the interview, but our next guest, you know, from Fox Sports and the Flippin' Bats podcast, uh, you also know him from the Shohei Otani fan club. He is the president, CEO, CFO, CIO, all the C and whatever other acronyms you can come up with. The great Ben Verlander joins us now on the guest line. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Oh, nothing much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great introduction. All the C's for Shohei. I'll take it. Listen, uh, that I'm just going to say that one would pay off dividends. If you could find a way, <laughs> like this is kind of one of those things, you could find a way to make that a real uh, real thing. President of the Shohei fan club, I think there'll be t-shirts. Think, just think of the merch alone that you could make. I, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. I'm with you there. Alright, let's look at Let's just look at it. Let's start with the NL East here, where the Mets have seen what at one point was a double-digit lead in the NL East whittled down to within uh, with under five-game lead now inside a two-and-a-half, three-game lead over the Braves. Scale of one to ten, what should Mets fans' panic level be at right now? You know, I don't think the panic level is too high. I think what we're talking about is two playoff teams, um, and, and this year, the setup for being a playoff team isn't near as bad if you get in via the wild card as it was the last few years where it's just, you know, one one game. Um, so panic level isn't too high because I think what we've seen, the league getting from 10.5 down to 2.5, is less about the Mets metting, if you will, which is what everybody likes to say. The Mets are going to met. Uh, it's less about that and more about the Braves just playing better than they have uh, you know, in any other month since they've been in Atlanta in 1966, 21 wins is tied for the most they've ever had in Atlanta. Um, the Mets had a really tough stretch of their schedule where they played above 500 baseball. They're getting back Max Scherzer. They're getting back Jacob DeGrom hopefully soon. Um, so this is less about them playing bad and more just about how good the Atlanta Braves have been. So I think we're in for an absolute dogfight. I think we have two of the best teams in the National League. Uh, that are trying to win the division. But if I'm the Mets, I'm not worried. And if I'm the Braves, I'm not worried. It's just two really good teams that are going to go back and forth for a while. I am my guy. If I if I made you choose one of those teams right now, who would you be more comfortable choosing to come away with the NL East, the, the Mets or the Braves? Uh, this is a good question. So I'm going to take the Braves. And I'm going to do that because I that's who I picked at the beginning of the year. And I'm going to stick with it. I, I will say I do believe 
that it's close. I do believe both teams end up in the playoffs. But if I had to pick right now, I'm going to pick the Braves. All right. All right. So, okay. One of the other big Mets Brave storylines was the Buster only report that uh, Jacob De- Jacob DeGrom could look to, to leave the Mets to join the Braves this offseason in free agency. It, what would your reaction to that move going from the Mets to the Braves in free agency be? Uh, shock, surprise. Uh, look, I, I don't foresee Jacob DeGrom going anywhere. Uh, he's been vocal about. He's going to opt out, but he wants to re-sign with the Mets. I believe that's what's going to happen. I, I don't see him going anywhere else. So if it were to happen, uh, I would be absolutely shocked. Uh, I, I do believe the Braves will probably make an effort. I think a lot of teams will probably make an effort. But um, I, I saw that report and was I was blown away. I, I also don't know if, look, obviously, Jacob deGrom, when pitching, is the best pitcher on earth. I, I think we're, we're all in agreement there. But I, I just don't know, like, if I'm the Atlanta Braves, you have this core of, you, you know, you can see the writing on the wall for this rotation being incredible over the course of the next five to ten years. You have Kyle Wright, you have Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka hopefully back. I just don't know um, if, if the framework for that team and the organization, the blueprint for success is there. I don't know if throwing all the money in the world, you know, $30, $40 million a year at Jacob deGrom is the answer for the Braves. Uh, obviously, their team would be great with him. He's the best pitcher in the world. But I would be surprised, and I, I don't know if it's the right move for the Braves. Ben Verlander, the Flippin' Bats podcast on the guest line here, catching us up to the latest with uh, baseball's goings-on. We are halfway through the baseball season and we still got, I think, another 13 days until the All-Star game. So let's look. Before we do anything else, I did want to look at the two teams behind New York and Atlanta in the East. Because Miami has been better as of recent than I've expected. Alcantara yesterday was fantastic. Uh, Philadelphia has been uh, five games above 500 right now. They're playing 600 ball in their last 10 if I asked you to bet on one of those two teams to creep up and, and maybe have the best chance to make it a three-team race in the East, who would you choose? Uh, between those, I'm going to take the, the Phillies. I just don't think the – I don't think the Marlins have what it takes offensively. I, their pitching rotation I can't say enough about. Sandy Alcantara is unbelievable. I, was, I mean, just every time he takes the mound, we should all be tuning in to watch. He was throwing balls yesterday that were 100-mile-an-hour sinkers that legitimately looked like they were moving like a left-handed slider. It was unbelievable. Uh, but I think the, the team with more of a chance, more of an opportunity, is the Phillies. Now, I am much more um, I'm much more worried about that now that Bryce Harper is going to be out for a while. I think they're a team that, with Bryce Harper in the lineup, is capable of making the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if they're a team right now without Bryce Harper that's capable of making up ground. I think they're capable of winning games and, and staying where they are, but in a division that's very good, without Bryce Harper, I don't know if they're able to make up that ground. But I would still pick them just because Schwarber's gotten hot, and when he's hot, there's, you know, he's, he's incredible, and it seems like he's hitting a home run every game. Nick Castellanos hasn't been fantastic this year, but you got to believe he's going to heat up. So I, I like them. I like Wheeler at the top of the rotation. I think they can make some noise. I just worry about Harper being out. 
Ben, did I see it right that last night uh, Alcantara uh, threw seventy five percent change ups, and it is fa- his change up was in the ninety three to ninety four mile per hour range? And if so, uh, what what witchcraft is he using to do that? <laughs> I don't know if you saw it right, but I believe you might have been looking at my tweet, which was from the eighth inning. So in the eighth inning, he was throwing about seventy five percent. Uh, change-ups, and, and they were 93, 94 miles an hour. And I, I was just watching in awe, and, you know, the other 25% of pitches were pretty much – he was pretty much just sinker change-up that eighth inning. And he was throwing 93, 94, change-up, 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 and then he would throw 101 sinker. And I was just like, what what am I watching right now? Is this even real life? How is this happening? So – Yes, it, that is true, and I don't know what he's doing. It is it is remarkable what he is able to do. I mean, 93-94 is a changeup, and it legitimately moves like a changeup. It drops a good bit. I've never seen anything like it. It's wild. Ben, on the latest edition of the uh, Flippin' Bats podcast, you had Tony Gonsolin, the Dodgers uh, pitcher there. He's got a beard now, and I'm a little triggered because I remember him in the minors when he had the, the fine-tooth uh, mustache going on there, the, the Wyatt Earp mustache. I'll ask you, do you like the beard more, or do you like the mustache that he had coming up? I'm a big mustache guy. I, I, I like the mustache a lot. I, I like, you know, for example, what Dylan Cease is doing in Chicago with his mustache. I just think um, it's really nice. It's really well it's really put together you know it really kind of brings a whole persona together when you just let it go crazy and end up with a beard like he has it just looks a little out of control so um it sounds like we're on the same wavelength here i'm much more of a mustache guy than a crazy beard guy uh and i just think you know it just gives people it gives people a personality it doesn't say hey this is just all over the place it says i'm put together i know what i'm doing and i have a mustache all right, give me your best and worst of the City Connect unis. Oh, best and worst. Okay, so this is interesting because literally to, to tomorrow, tomorrow's episode of Flipping Bass, I'm going to do, I'm finally ranking the top five. I think they're all out for this year, so I'm ranking the top five. I haven't yet sat down to figure out my top five, but I'm going to put towards the best, I'm going to give you a couple. Um, I think the White Sox are in that conversation. Um, I think the I think the Astros Space City is in that conversation. Towards the bottom, I don't like the Giants. Uh, I'm going to take two in L.S. teams. I don't love the Giants or the Dodgers. Okay, so can I just tell you the one that you have not to mention either is best or worst. I think Colorado City Connect uniforms, like, I have no connection to the city of Denver or to the Rockies, <laughs> and if that was just a t-shirt that I could wear around the city of Charlotte, I would 100% would. Yeah, you know what? That's a good option. That I, I do agree with that. I think that might find a way into the top five. I, the more And the thing with a lot of these, and I, I love what Major League Baseball did with the City Connects. I mean, it's awesome. Um, the thing with a lot of these is they'll come out, and it'll catch me by surprise. And then it, a lot of them end up growing on me pretty quickly. Like the Padres came out the other day, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. And the more I see them, the more I like them. Same with the Angels. Same with, you know, a lot of teams around the league. It's been it's been a pleasant surprise how nice a lot of these have been. I My hot takes on City Connect uniforms is I'll take 
all of MLB City Connect uniforms, like on average, over the NBA's City Edition. I, I think that's very much hit or miss. The elite are elite, but everything else is trash. I think consistently the City Connect uniforms in baseball have been much better, high standard on average than than what the NBA does with their City Editions. I would agree with that. That's a really good. That's a good. That's a good take from you right there. I like that a lot. If you want to use it on tomorrow's flipping bats, just go I ahead. I think I am. I probably will. <laughs> just, just credit. I just writing it down in. My, I'm writing it down in my notes as we speak. <laughs> just, just credit Nick Wilson. That's all we care about. Uh, all right. So we do five questions every single day at twelve forty. This we're going to do a rapid fire here. Uh, quick answer. First thought is the best thought. Okay. Okay. Let's all right. What natural disaster are you most afraid of? Well, I live in L.A., so I'm going earthquake. That makes sense. Uh, what video game have you played most, sports or otherwise? MLB The Show. Uh, do you have any good impressions? <laughs> um, oh, that's a good one. I feel like I do, but not off the top of my head. Any good impressions? Yeah, you know, I, I do do some good impressions, but it's all like people in my family, you know, like, so n- not ones that other people would understand. So not like anybody famous, no. Yeah, so I tr- I thought I did, and then I tried to bring him on the air, and I felt like such a doofus. So you played it safe, and that's a smart call. Uh, are, <laughs> how many summer league games are you watching this year? NBA? Yes. Zero. That's also the correct answer. Uh, <laughs> and final one, what is your, uh, in honor of National Ice Cream Month, what is your favorite flavor ice cream? Easiest question of all, my friend, mint chocolate chip. Thank you very much. My board (laughs) op, Ben, went off and said, basically all mint-flavored food is trash, and I damn near had to find a new board op and a good alibi. (laughs) No, I totally disagree. I get the same thing. Oh, it tastes like toothpaste. No, it doesn't. You're just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what those people are thinking, but a fun fact, ever since I've been, like, 10 years old since I was in middle school every single night for most of my life I will have like a half of the half gallon of mint chocolate chip ice cream this is why you are elite this is why the flipping bats (laughs) podcast is elite follow the man on twitter at ben verlander he is fox sports mlb analyst and host of the flipping bats podcast with ben verlander on the guest line buddy thanks great stuff we appreciate you all right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, well, well there, Itty Bitty Fitty. You had some strong takes on mint chocolate chip ice cream. And Ben Verlander, one of your favorite guests for us to have on the air, had some strong takes to the contrary of your mint chocolate chip ice cream takes. Would you like to revise your initial statement on mint chocolate chip ice cream? After, first off, a month you know, we brought him on a month ago, and he said he was still confident the Mets were going to win the East. Mm-hmm. He's now backtracked. He's now got the Bravos winning the East. Mm-hmm. And now he, he went on this parade about mint chocolate chip ice cream. Ben Verlander, he's dead to me. He's dead to you. Yeah. <laughs> All in the name of mint chocolate chip ice cream and the And, and the NL East. And uh, <laughs> when we come back, more conference realignment shenanigans on the way on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Wild text from my little brother just now. And then I saw him put him on Facebook. I'm going to read you verbatim what he just sent to me first and then is posted on, on Twitter.
saying, am I the only one that got the notification that Browns traded Baker to Carolina? Now, I'm going to say that I do not have any notifications. There's no report that I see that this has actually happened. So much like the uh, Seattle Seahawks website having the Baker Mayfield uh, for order jersey, I still can't remember if that was real or not. But uh, remember that they kind of got accidentally posted on the Seahawks merch site. I'm assuming this is just a user error by whoever loads this crap up at the website. But my little brother, who lives in Northeast Ohio, has asked repeatedly, asked multiple people, if they've gotten the notification about Baker being traded to Carolina. So something to keep an eye on if, uh, if that happens. In the meantime... While we now have notification gate. You know what's going to happen? It's going to happen at 1.51. We will be at the end of the show, and Bailey will get that big, juicy steak of an end-of-the-show notification, because that's the way this goes. Or you'll just lock the door, and we'll do an hour of the clubhouse. Hour? I'll do the rest of the... I'll, we'll be here, and my kids are in Myrtle. I have no reason to go home on time. Actually, that's not true. We do till 5.30, because I, uh, I got an appointment to get my back fixed today. But until 5.30, this station is mine if this breaks during my show. Sorry, KB. You want to come in for a segment? We'll do a phoner. I won't even let you in the damn studio. They get Baker Mayfield, and I'm going to have to call a doctor in four hours because it will still be raging. Yesterday, we hacked Willie P's Twitter. Today, we could be hacking the an station. Yeah. Also, just because Willie's mad at me, all right? I I, I I yeah I would like to remain friends with him, so I'm not gonna bring too much of this on air. But Willie's totally mad at me about the the hacking yesterday. Also, it wasn't a hacking. He left his Twitter up. He he was he was he was like Tony Soprano's mother on Twitter yesterday. Oh, with the hacking. Oh, who would hack? What a friend. How immature. You left your Twitter up in the the studio, bro. It's called logging out. It's not that hard to do. I don't even log in. On Twitter to di on on this computer because I know I might forget it, and the general rule is that if somebody leaves their Twitter account up, it is ripe to be messed with, and I feel like I was pretty even keel with messing with Willie P and his Twitter yesterday. Yes, yeah, Fair? no, and even the audience this morning on the Mac Attack, uh, th they justified our actions and thought Willie P was in the wrong for getting his panties in a wad about us sending out some. Not even questionable tweets, just some non-Willie P-esque tweets, and uh, it was just a complete overreaction from Will from from Eugene. I'm gonna try and turn this on him, like when I when I'm wrong with my wife, and I know I'm wrong, but I don't want to admit I'm wrong, and I don't want to have to say I'm sorry. Just go I'll, full Willie. You, no, you gotta try and turn it on him where it's somehow their fault. Um, I'm just joking about that, but I'm absolutely gonna do that with Will. Right, that's more something that women do to men. Sorry, ladies, if I'm if I'm generalizing about you, but like uh, there have been plenty of times where my beautiful wife just doesn't want to admit yet that she's wrong, so she'll somehow try and make it my fault. That's what I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and use the feminine wares trick on Willie about uh, about hacking his uh, his his Twitter or his Twitter account. In the meantime. We've had a lot of reports about uh, conference realignment. Uh, the latest, uh, Dennis Dodd had said that the ACC and Pac-12 have had uh, have discussed a loose partnership that could end up with teams playing a championship game. This is, to me, two teams that have absolutely no leverage 
putting out anything that they possibly can to make you and me think that they're going to exist in five years. It is to buy them time. The, if if Jim Phillips and George Kalayakov are truly considering a loose partnership, it's the dumbest thing since they joined up and were in cahoots with the Big Ten for the alliance. The Big Ten just bought themselves time to eventually pilfer the, the, the Pac-12 with the alliance. That's all that would happen here. Whether it's the ACC pilfering the Pac-12 or Pac-12 trying to pilfer the ACC, a loose partnership in 2022 sounds like the dumbest idea. The the it, You know what it sounds like? It sounds like two commissioners that lack cojones. So, Jim Phillips, if you're thinking about a loose partnership with any conference, just go ahead and shut it down. Just shut the whole idea down. Just shut the ACC down. Uh, sell off your 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 schools to the highest bidder. Maybe see if you can get a retirement uh, house in Tahiti because it's over. It's curtains. It's done. If you're really that stupid to think that decision or that idea makes sense. Yeah, because like here's the biggest issue with the ACC and the Pac-12. It, or it, Yeah, the Pac-12. Their commissioners aren't visionaries. They have... And, I mean, even Bob Bowlesby is kind of a dumb dumb. He didn't see Texas and OU happening. And I think that's... That what what really irks the ACC guy in me is that we sat here a year ago and we thought the Big 12 was left for dead because Texas and Oklahoma behind their commissioner's back they just they cheated on the Big 12 they upgraded with the SEC and it was like the Big 12 was left for dead and all they've done was yeah they added six schools with not the name you know that aren't sexy but they got aggressive and what did the ACC and the Pac-12 do, we just sat here thinking it was all happy-go-lucky. And the Big Ten, the Big Ten was like, you know, the third person in the relationship that nobody, that, that, that nobody talks about. The thruple, you mean? Yeah. And they were just in there. So they're Rita Ora, if this is Tessa Thompson, Rita Ora, and Taika Waititi. Right. And they were just in the Pac-12's DMs from the moment they signed that alliance. And I mean, it took them a year. Can I tell you? And they courted them. The so I do think the Big 12 right now is in a position of power because they did stabilize the conference with the the four schools that they added uh, last summer. But the reason why I'm still not certain that the Big 12 why it's going to be three uh, power three instead of power two, the biggest reason why I'm not certain that's going to happen. Their moves to try and pilfer the rest of the Pac-12, they're still reactionary. Right, Texas and OU. That is that is an act of dominance. Even though you can spin the Big Ten and and taking UCLA and USC as as an as a, a reactionary thing to to Texas and OU, the reality is those are two of the biggest brands in sports. Financially, it's going to pay ridiculous dividends. Colorado, Utah. Uh, Stanford, Cal, like outside of Oregon joining the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve. Outside of that, there's no real move that the Big Twelve seems to be on the precipice of of trying to to pillage the rest of the the Pac-12 that is on the level that is as demonstrative as UCLA, USC, Texas, and OU. That to me is why I still don't buy. If it turns out, and I, I, this is where I think the Big 12 should be going, instead of fussing around with Utah and uh, which you already kind of have, the, the, the Salt Lake City market, by the way, 
instead of trying to do that, I would go Oregon and I would make a serious run at Clemson, Florida State, Miami, where you can still be the big dog in the conference. You don't have to join the SEC or 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 Big Ten. And oh, by the way, your brands and North Carolina are going to help us get a significant contract because their contract is next up in, in renegotiations. That's exactly where I was going because back in 2012, when all this happened, when Maryland left for the Big Ten and Rutgers left for the Big Ten, the Big 12 was what was at the time they were wanting to be the player. And the, at the time, the two schools they wanted, and this was pre-Clemson becoming Clemson that we know of now. This was still just 10-win Clemson, and this was pre-national title winning Florida State. There was Clemson and Florida State. Mm -hmm. Those were the two schools. Now, I think if you go that route, you've got to bring probably Carolina and a Virginia school with you. So, yeah, if you could bring Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech from a football perspective, it's you're not on par with the Big Ten and the SEC. But you're not as far off as you are right now. It doesn't replace Texas and OU. But, man, Clemson, Florida State, especially if you could throw in Miami in there. I, I think Miami's going to the Big Ten because of Notre Dame. I don't know why. I just have a sense about that. You add Clemson, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. Brand-wise, football-wise, basketball-wise, that, that gives you a leg up to be – even though you're still lagging behind them, you then throw in an Oregon, and all of a sudden you've got a real chance to be a legitimate third super conference. I think it's be interesting to see because I think these these ACC schools they don't need to be waiting on Notre Dame's answer. They should be proactive, looking at now the biggest issue with schools that want to leave the ACC is that grant of rights means that if they leave the conference, the money that they make. Wherever they go, that money doesn't go to them. It goes back to the ACC unless the ACC was to completely just fold. I think you would be surprised. It, it's it's all about a couple key programs. We've mentioned them. It's North Carolina. It's Miami. It's Clemson. And it's Florida State. Virginia Tech's probably in that conversation as well. If three of those schools pull out, it's going to be rats off a sinking ship. It might not even take three. There is, I mean, I think you realize, like the Pac-12 right now, they're just trying to stabilize. And also, I think there's legitimate debate on whether the grant of rights is going to be able to to stay on, uh, to, to, to hold up in court. Yeah. Given the, the landscape in college football. So I think it's interesting. You know one thing that I, because I thought it was funny, uh, Reddit CFB. Uh, sent out this tweet. I couldn't tell if it were being sarcastic or not, but they had said, hearing rumors of a proposal to merge the Big Ten and SEC and then add select other teams to form a 131-school ultra-mega-super conference. This would be subdivided into eight to ten divi team divisions based on regions and traditional rivalries. The reason why I think they were being silly is because they just described college football. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I do think is, if... The Big Ten and the SEC break off into their own thing. And that's something Cole Kubelik talked about with us yesterday. If you guys didn't catch that, uh, Nick Wilson Show podcast on WFNC.com. I really think it's time to examine a relegation system in college football, in college basketball. I'm not huge on relegation coming to like the NFL or Major League Baseball or whatever, but I totally think. There should be a reward for the haves being 
now this is a traditional power view, but being an Ohio State, a Florida State, a Texas, an OU, you you shouldn't be making you shouldn't be making as much as Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt should not be making as much as you. And if you're and if those lesser schools, Rutgers, Vanderbilt, Maryland, if those lesser schools are going to earn as much, then they have to earn it. I re, I think having like a Big Ten greater and a Big Ten lesser, I I I finally come around to. In, in the Super Conference specifically, there should be like five-year rolling average. Some way you should wait um, relegation because I think that would add a whole new level of intrigue. If, if, if teams were facing relegation on any given year, it would add a level to intrigue. I also love what Cole Kublik had to say when he said he thinks all the teams not in the Big Ten and SEC should break off and have their own playoff. I love that too. You just fixed the bowl system. If you're able to do that... For it's going to be whatever the new group of five is, but basically the the lesser than schools. If you have some good programs, your NC States, your Baylor's, your uh, Cal's, your Washingtons, you have enough of those, and you're playing Memphis and SMU and all the traditional, really great group of five schools, uh, the Coastal Carolinas, App States. All of a sudden, I think. Uh, secondary college football playoff for the lesser school makes a lot of sense. And I'd actually love to see of those school, one school automatically gets a play in. Uh, whoever the champion is gets a play in for the right to go play for the national title in, with a group of Jesus. I don't even know what the hell we're going to call it. The SEC and the big 10. It just feels like if we're going to do this, we need to do it right and give mainly college football, because at some point you got to preserve what you have that's in not happening in college basketball because oh, you because you have saying, yeah. you have the best you have the best model. But like if, if you're going to do this in college football, then overhaul it from the top all the way to the bottom. That way we can quit doing whatever we're doing right now, which is just going around in circles. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Can I get you on board with relegation in college football? Whether that's being relegated from like a Big Ten greater and a Big Ten lesser or out of the super conferences, Vanderbilt will be the first to go within five years. A five-year rolling average, Vanderbilt will kicked out of the SEC like nobody's business. Can I interest you in relegation as part of the eventual plan of college football conference in, in college basketball conference realignment? Final segment of the show. Is it time where Itty Bitty Fitty finally is getting his comeuppance for coming after Britain's? Next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Uh, holy crap. So looks like my little brother's text notifications were just a little bit ahead of schedule. The news has hit. Guys, I manifested it. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther, baby. Suck it. Whoever was against that move, Sam Darnold, get your edgy ass out of town. Matt Corral, take a seat on the bench. Matt Rule, you're still not a very good coach, but I dislike you less today. Woo! This, I am, I am accepting credit on behalf of the city of Charlotte. I am ready for my key to the city. Um, Mayor Lyles, if you're ready to give me the key to the city, Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. And oh, by the way, he's a Carolina Panther for diddly squat. 
even better. I totally just texted out of the deal. All right. Ian Rappaport tweeting at 133. The Panthers are acquiring former number one pick overall Baker Mayfield from the Browns for a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. Deal is pending a physical. All parties split the financials to make it happen. Oh, good Lord. Oh, it is going to. Is, this is. This is. I'm so, I'm going to say this as a family show. Love you. Respect you, uh, Charlotte. This is pornographic to me. You have no idea. The closer we got to training camp, the closer we got to training camp with Sam Darnold and Matt Corral, I couldn't stomach it. And I've got a big-ass stomach, guys. I couldn't stomach it because Sam Darnold is doo-doo. Because Matt Corral is a late third-round pick, and you don't bet your season on it. Can Matt Corral... Listen, the Panthers might have Matt ruled... Matt, Matt ruled safe their roster. The only reason this team can go into the to the trenches this year is if Matt Rule really just can't coach in the NFL. If you're just joining us, Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. Um, I have never been so happy to have a mid-ass quarterback on a roster than I am right now. Oh, I feel I feel like hope is. I feel like the ultimate warrior, but instead of pulling energy down from the crowds, I'm pulling hope down from the crowds. I was dreading going to Spartanburg. So, Sam, what did you do this year to go ahead and maybe not suck this year? I, you know, just worked on fundamentals, but I got a good team here, and I'm just very excited for it. And, like, bro, I'm very excited. Suck it, edgy Sam Darnold. That's the, the real loser here is... People who love the edgy Sam Darnold bit. Give me the celebration back. I'm not done celebrating quite yet. What am I burning on? What is Nick Wilson burning on? This bleep right here. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. Some of the details that are coming in right now. Uh, Mike Garofolo saying the Browns will pay $10.5 million this season, which means they trimmed over $8 million in cash and salary cap. The Panthers will pay $5 million, and Mayfield agreed to trim $3.5 million off his base salary. Oh, by the way, if you guys have heard about this, Panthers-Browns week one. Send them in right now. I, you know... If the Panthers go to the playoffs this year, God help us. If the Carolina Panthers, God help us if the Carolina Panthers get to the Super Bowl. I will be naked atop the float, rolling down Minton Moorhead. If Baker Mayfield wins a, ever, wins a title in Carolina, I will be nude. I will be completely naked, hopefully down another 50 pounds or so. Still working on the figure. I will be nude riding the the uh, the caravan. I probably should make sure I'm saying what I'm riding in the uh, completely nude there. But I'll be riding the caravan down Minton Moorhead, lifting up the Lombardi Trophy and Baker Mayfield another hand. Oh, thank God! I, are you are you guys happy? Do you feel like this? Are you where I'm at with this? 704-570-9610. We'll get to the Mark's Main Real Estate Nick pick here at the very end of the show. Everything else goes out the window. 
You guys are going to stick here. Bailey's going to be uh, breaking down this for the next four hours. I said earlier that if this news broke at 151, I was going to kick Bailey. I mean, we're locking Bailey out, and I was just doing the next three hours of the show, too. Are we still hijacking? No. Because the news broke at 133. What if we just make it the clubhouse with Nick Wilson and Kyle Bailey? Nope. Nope. And itty bitty fitty. Nope. I got the news early enough that I can burn on the news that Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther for a conditional 2024 fifth round draft pick. The Panthers are only paying $5 million of his salary. You know what? While we're at it. Dad did good. Good job out of Scott Fitterer. Proud of him. All right. This year... This year was finally about let's get a quarterback that doesn't suck and let's build a good offensive line. Oh. I just, it feels good. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. And what's going to be interesting is the reaction of this. Like, the reaction of this will tell us a lot about how people truly feel about the Panthers. Pro Football Focus had the Panthers as the 27th best team in the NFL, according to the power rankings. Whenever their next power rank, I don't really keep up to when they do the power rankings. Whatever their next ranking is, I'm going to tell you how much they think of the quarterback position and how much they think of the Panthers roster. What this move tells me is the Panthers knew and have known that all along, their roster is too good to waste. Can they be a playoff team? I think it's I think it's at least in the purview. But more importantly, you got one of, like, I think Chris Sims had him ranked as the 17th best quarterback in the NFL after a bad year. You've got a guy who has potential top 10, I'm talking like just outside the top 10 quarterback potential. If this offensive line comes together, this team could surprise this year. In a wide open, <laughs> we got to get to that too. I just saw somebody point this out. In a wide open NFC, this kind of move that can actually move the needle for the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield, no longer a Cleveland Brown. He is a Carolina Panther for a 2024 conditional fifth round pick. We're still waiting to see what those conditions are, by the way. Seeing how much he can actually, how much that compensation can move up. But also the Panthers are only going to pay $5 million of his salary. Logo704 saying they could have took Robbie. Uh, TFB saying someone needs to check in on Robbie. You know what? I think you're going to want to keep the, the the radio locked to this station for the next, uh, I don't know, couple days. Because Baker Mayfield's a Cleveland Brown, and this does have real implications for the for the care. Sorry, he's a Carolina Panther. Damn it! Well, no, I, I I was a misspeak. I'm too excited. All right, this thing's gonna last for four more or more than four hours, and I'm gonna have to consult a physician. That's how excited I am right now. So I'm allowed to have a misspeak. But Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther, so you're gonna keep it to this station for the next couple of days. But might not be worth having a tweet deck open. Just out of your periphery and see, just have a channel just for Robbie Anderson. Because looks like Robbie Anderson, who uh, who was supporting his quarterback early this offseason, and when he kind of dissed Baker Mayfield, looks like Robbie Anderson uh, doesn't have as much sway in the organization as we might have thought there. Ooh, 990 number saying hype for the progressive commercials to be in Charlotte. 
Now, is that going to be should we should we put those at Bank of America or should we put them at the the the, the headquarters shell in Rock Hill? I don't care where they put it, but it better have Sir Per and and he's got a Tepper's got to talk to him, right? A hey, uh, <laughs> bacon. Got to you, you got to take care of this one so I can build a new one. Wait, so you're talking about Sir Per? He's got to take care of Sir Per. No, when he's when he's in the oh, stadium. Okay, you know, that's Ooh. A, Dave Tepper and Baker Mayfield progressive commercials will either be the thing that turns Dave Tepper back into a, a, a fan favorite here, or if it doesn't work out, it'll be the thing that people hold against him for his entire time here as Panthers owner. There's no in between. <laughs> it's, it's either the thing that will bring him back, like when he was at everybody's tailgate and drinking beers with everybody, or it's going to be Rock Hill 2.0. It'll be the albatross that people use against him here in the Queen City. I can't wait for the NFL to flex the week one game to 425 to have Baker <sighs> in, in primetime against the Browns. Mm. While they're while they're quarterbacking uh, Jacoby Brissett, how are you celebrating the Baker Mayfield to Carolina news? Cam tweets things saying, "I'm so happy I'm about to send everyone home early from work." Here's here's the bad thing, guys. The miss is in Myrtle, so Mrs. Wilson's in Myrtle. I can't even celebrate that one the way I want to celebrate. All right, no socks on time for me. There's the internet. Okay, listen, Mama's Couch. Uh, I, some of us are respected members of the community, and uh, yeah, some some of us have a little bit of self-respect and respect our spouses a little too much. There, thank you very much. Uh, Chad saying, "Geez, Panthers just can't help themselves." Yeah, they just can't help themselves get a better quarterback. They gave up nothing. Like I, they, you know what? No, I I'm not going to let you ruin it. But here's where we are with this. If you're if you're upset that the Panthers paid five million dollars and a 2024 fifth round pick for Baker Mayfield, see a psychologist. Literally, they paid a year ago. They paid a two, a four, and a six for a guy that was a jabroni in New York, a guy that sucked in New York, and they just traded for a guy whose best season was ten times, ten times as good as Sam Darnold's best in his career. So I don't want to hear a damn thing about, oh, Panthers are screwed. No, we're not doing that today. It is Baker Mayfield Day in Carolina, and damn it, I'm having a good day. They're not screwed. Sam's probably screwed. Sam, Sam's pretty screwed. Sorry about that. I guess that edge wasn't enough. I guess edgy Sam Darnold, maybe he needed to be more edgy. Maybe he needed to uh, smile more. I don't know. He never rounded into form. All right. I'm not giving you that. All right. Baker Mayfield is a Carolina Panther, guys. What is your reaction? You guys are going to stick through. KB's coming up next. Uh, the Mark Spain real estate Nick pick of the day real quick as we get on our way out here. I'll take uh, the Cubs and Brewers. I'll take the over on of the over under set at seven. I'll take the over on that. We'll figure out if I can ever win a baseball bet again here on the station. Big thanks to all our guests. Ben Verlander. Big thanks to uh, who the hell else was on the show? Steven Ruiz of The Ringer. We'll be back tomorrow, guys. We do have Braden Gold to talk about the latest in college football realignment. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Baker Mayfield becoming a Carolina Panther. Until tomorrow at 10 a.m., guys, Nick Wilson for Itty Bitty Fitty saying, Suck it, Edgy Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield's in Charlotte. The Panthers are going to the playoffs. 
704-980. Let's go. Lord, I love you, Carolina. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. See you later! Charmed, I'm sure. I'm leaving the elevator, that's all, folks. Okay, bye. Yeah.